Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 79 of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, today I'm here with my friend Nina. Hi guys. So Nina and I were chatting a few weeks ago about drinking and the culture of partying in our day of age or age, what's that term? Day and age in this day and age. (laughs) We're starting on a strong foot. (laughs) So I thought she'd be great to have on the podcast because She's so relatable and, you know, we were just having a really real conversation about being in your 20s, early 30s and just wanting to stop drinking because it's just like that it has such an effect on your your mind and your health and there's so much to it and it's hard to kind of break out of that when it's such a cultural thing. So yeah, Nina has such an amazing story. She's gone you know, she kind of did a 180 um, the past, you know, year, just like I have the past few years. And we thought it'd be such a great podcast to share with you guys today. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Mimi. I'm so excited to um, to chat to you. Um, I think, and maybe I'll give a little bit of background of kind of where, how I got to where I am at the moment. But mm-hmm. I think ever since, you know, I was kind of a teenager, I've always just kind of been in circles, I guess, where everyone's kind of partied a lot, everyone's drunk a lot. Um, And I think obviously kind of drinking and like partying affects everyone differently. Um, But I think I just got to the point where I was like, okay, is this really serving me? Um, Is this, you know, do I want to be having hangovers that really affect my productivity? Um, And then, yeah, I'll, I'll go into kind of the, I guess the catalyst that kind of set everything off, but just decided that I really wanted to change my relationship with alcohol. And I guess over the past four or five months, I've kind of had times where I haven't really been drinking at all for a few months. And then also times where I, you know, we'll just have one drink. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting journey. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go through a point where you were going out and drinking and partying a lot? And then you had this like kind of breakthrough or was it always just kind of like slow and steady every weekend? Yeah. So I think, Probably. So just to kind of give you a bit more um, background about me. So I'm Australian and I'm 29. I actually moved to London when I was 20 and then moved back to Sydney for a few years, then came back to London and then was living in New York. And now I'm back again in London. So lots of moving around. And I think especially in New York and I work um, in a creative industry. So I work for advertising agencies and I also have a beauty brand with my friends, but especially working in a creative industry in New York, we would just go out kind of every single night. We would work really late um, and we were just kind of, yeah, I guess like just drinking and partying a lot. And I think it got to the point where I moved back from New York to London and I just felt really, really burnt out. I just got into this really bad habit of where I was just always hungover on weekends. Um, and yeah, I just kind of got sick of it. And I think the kind of one event that really changed everything was Oh God, it's, actually, it's actually quite embarrassing. But I'll tell you anyway. Oh my God, it's <laughs> I share everything that I do that's embarrassing on this podcast. I'm just like, yeah, go ahead. So it's, it's a very safe place no, here. No, no, exactly. <laughs> so I think I'd been out with 
um, some of my friends, I can't remember what club we went to. And then we ended up going to this club in Soho, um, which is called The Box. And I'm not sure if anyone's heard of it, but they kind of have these like oh, yeah. crazy sex shows and it's pretty mental. Um, anyway, it got to the point where I think my friends had decided to head home for the night and I was still having so much fun. It was probably be, probably about 3 or 4 a.m. And I was like, no, nope, I want to stay. Um, so I ended up staying there. Um, I think, but yeah, pretty much by myself. I didn't know where my friends were. And then I went into the bathroom at one point and I remember I must've kind of came to and just like sobered up a little bit. And I remember just looking at myself in the mirror and just thinking like, Nina, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you here? Like, go home. Like, this is not what you want to be doing or who you want to be. Um, and then I guess off the back of that, the next day I was just terribly, terribly hungover. And I was actually walking past a bookstore and literally like shining light on a book in the window was a book called the 20 day alcohol free challenge. And I think in my terrible hangover state, I was like, I will do anything to like feel better. So I ended up going in, buying this book, not taking it too seriously and reading it. And then, yeah, it just kind of started that I first did 28 days where I didn't drink at all. And then that turned into kind of two or three months of not drinking at all. And I think once I really changed that habit, um, it meant that I could then kind of introduce having, I guess, drinks back into my life, but just having a completely different relationship with how I approached alcohol and partying. So yeah, that's a bit of background, mm. a night at the box. That's such a great story though. It's like, I feel like my biggest breakthroughs about partying always do happen the next day as well. And that's pretty universal, I think, just because you really are basking in that feeling of like, feeling like crap, like absolute shit. And, um, you know, you, you don't really want to change until you have pain, right? So um, I love that story. That's that's amazing. And I want to go read that book. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and, I'll lend it to you. Yeah, I would love that. And um, what was I about to say too? Yeah, the thing, the fact of the matter is that you know, I have a drink once in a while too right now. Like it, I'll just give a bit of backstory for the listeners that don't really know my past with drinking and partying, um, just so we can kind of start off with, with having that basis. So basically, I started partying quite young. Um, I grew up in a city and I grew up with a big sister who was four years older than me who partied a lot as well when she was a teenager. So I was very influenced and that was kind of the culture that I had grown up seeing and wanting to mimic because obviously as a young girl, you're very impressionable. So yeah, when I was about like 12, 13, I started drinking and that's pretty young. Like we'd go to house parties and I'd like lie to my parents and say I'm going to a sleepover, but actually like, you know, we'd, we'd be sleeping over at like my friend's house that doesn't have strict parents and we'd be going to parties and stuff. And, you know, it was kind of started with that. And, um, this whole culture made me feel like I was cool and popular. And that was the only way to kind of make friends and have fun. That was my idea of fun. It was, that was it. And I didn't really realize the toll it had on my body, you know, um, in, in high school as well. So getting a little bit older. Um, so from like 15, 16, 17, we were going out two, three times a week. Some of us were even drinking at school at lunchtime and we were trying to be cool. Like, you know, it it was just ridiculous going to school dances in high school, like getting, fucked up before like even like my experience with drugs and I never really have admitted this but 
you know, I remember trying like MDMA when I was like 16 years old at a school dance. Like that's insane. If I had kids and, you know, like they were in high school, like that's absolutely absurd. And it's just like the pressure and the, and I'm not going to, you know, just blame it on the pressure. Of course, I take 100% responsibility for all of my actions when I was younger, but it was just this, this image of that's what you need to do to be cool. And if everyone else around me is doing this, then like I have to be as well because I just want to fit in. That's my number one priority at this age. So yeah, I, I think I just, you know, kind of let loose in the sense that I just like didn't care about anything else really for a period of time in high school. It was all about my social life. And yeah, that kind of came uh, to an end in my second semester at my in my first year at university. I went to university for one year. Um, and I was 18 years old. My first semester in uni, I did, I was still in that phase and I did everything I thought I was supposed to be doing. And I followed the crowd and, you know, we were going out three or four times a week this time. Um, and it, the, the structure was just going out partying, getting really fucked up the next entire day, the next two days being completely written off. And then, you know, going out again and just being hungover and eating like crap and, you know, feeling puffy and disgusting. And my mind was not clear. Like I never had my mental clarity, um, for those four or five years of that, that life that I was living. And that I think was the most detrimental thing of all, because I didn't grow as a human being. I was never, um, you know, working on myself. I, my health was like, you know, when I wasn't getting all fucked up, like I was trying to eat healthy. I was always interested in health funny enough. Um, but it just never got to the point of actually being, you know, effective on me, this, this healthy food that I'm eating sometimes, because I was always just messing that up by, you know, over drinking, doing drugs, partying, um, staying out really, really late, not sleeping, eating like crap the next day. And, um, so in my first semester I did that and it was, you know, kind of on steroids because it was four times a week instead of two, you know? So, I went back to Canada or back to Toronto. Um, I went to university in Halifax. It's also in Canada. But I flew from Halifax to Toronto for Christmas break that um, after the first semester of uni. And I stopped drinking for like five days, I think. And I had an epiphany. I literally got my mental clarity back for, for a day finally. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? I've always known deep down this is not who I am supposed to be. What am I doing? I'm just acting without thinking. That's pretty much what it was. I was just doing what was easy because it was everyone else was doing it and it just seemed like something I was supposed to do. What the hell am I doing? I feel like crap. My body just feels like it's in this wor- its worst like state. I feel puffy, bloated. I'm like my eyes are always bloodshot. Like I just do not feel healthy. I feel like crap and like Right now is the time in my life at this 18, you know, you're, this 18 year old girl thinking like right now is the time in my life that, that, you know, I'm starting to look for jobs like, or I'm starting to decide on what I want to do for a job. I, I need to kind of make decisions for my future. And I just like had this massive breakthrough. I was like, what the heck am I freaking doing? I feel like crap. This is not me. This is so not me. I need to put myself first right now and actually practice some self-love. Definitely. Yeah. There's there's just so, so much I can relate to in that story. And it's the same with kind of being a teenager, I think. Yeah. From kind of like the age of 14 and 15, it was the same. Like my parents would call me and they'd be like, where are you, Nina? And I was meant to be at a friend's place and I'd be at a nightclub and we were all doing kind of drugs from like 14, 15. And it's kind of crazy. Like looking back on it, I was, you know, such a baby, but um, it just seemed so normal at the time. And I think it just kind of almost set, not bad, I guess, bad habits, but it just really 
from like a young age, I was like, okay, this is really normal. And I think sometimes it even felt like it wasn't always pressure from other people because I feel like I am quite strong in the sense that if I really didn't feel like drinking, I could say no, but it was almost a pressure on myself that I was like, okay, I want to be fun. Um, I want to fit in. And that mm-hmm. pressure I put on myself, I guess, just turned into kind of, I guess, yeah, this, this habit where you, you do just go out and then you are in the cycle of where you're hungover and you just start to think it's normal. And yeah, exactly the same kind of had this um, revelation, which is like, okay, there are actually ways to go out and have lots of fun and enjoy your life and alcohol kind of not be the center of that. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is about self image as well. It's like you see yourself as the kind of fun person that goes out and can handle it. And, you know, you're super woman, you do everything and you know what I mean? Like you think that you can be this, um, you know, great person during the day and then party at night. And then like the next day do the same thing over and over again. Like you're really running yourself dry. And that's kind of what I thought as well. And, And I would wonder why, like, obviously those years, I don't want People, I don't want to paint an image that I was just a big partier and that's all I did. And I hated myself, you know, the other rest of the time, but I was always a very Ooh. motivated person. So during the day I would push myself. I, you know, I worked a lot and I worked a few different jobs in high school and, you know, I, I, I always was doing something. So I think, you know, in that sense as well, running yourself dry, but I, I, I honestly think like I had to go through that phase after my first semester of university, like for the entire second semester and for, you know, for a while after that, I completely cut it off. And I, like you said as well, you completely cut it off for a block of time. And I think that was actually really mm-hmm. important for me to regain, like before introducing it back in slowly, that was really important for me to just like completely cut it off and then restart habits from I, the Yeah, ground. completely. I think as well, like I had tried, I think maybe years ago, dry January, and that kind of didn't really... I guess at the time, you know, I felt amazing, but then I kind of went back to the same cycles that I was in. And then I think it was really when I did it for kind of two months that the the habit really kicked in and that I was like, okay, I feel absolutely amazing. I'm never hungover. I'm so much more productive. Um, I started, I guess, working with um, some girlfriends on their brand. And I just think if I was still drinking, like that just never would have happened for me. I never would have had that extra time kind of every night and every weekend to be working on kind of a second job outside of my full-time job and that motivation and the clear head. Um, so yeah, you, you really did, I guess you really do kind of start to see um, just how it really affects you. And I, everyone's different. And that's the thing I don't ever want to be um, at a point where I'm kind of preaching or saying that people shouldn't drink or they should drink less. I think it's just really how it affects you. And I know for me, um, you know, I've definitely kind of struggled with anxiety and things in the past and alcohol just happens to make me feel really shitty if I'm hungover. So it's just really finding what works for you and what's going to make you feel better. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And you know, listen, like from the title of this podcast, I'm sure the people listening have, you know, want to see a change in their life, um, you know, relating to alcohol or have the kind of similar experiences that we've had. I don't think somebody who's 100% happy with the fact that they drink four times a week is going to listen to this podcast. I think deep down, everyone who binge drinks like, you know, more than once or twice a week, even that's, that's still excessive, but a lot, you know, I think 
deep down there's something that they don't like about that and they know that they can be doing more and being more as a human. Um, so I'm going to be contradictory there. I'm going to say that I disagree with people that mm. overdrink all the time. I think once in a while – it's totally fine. Listen, I think I'm, I'm definitely going to get drunk probably this yeah. year. <laughs> this year. I'll probably get drunk, you know, in yeah, a few months maybe to celebrate something or if I'm in a good place. And, you know, I went for dinner with my boyfriend for Valentine's Day and we, I had a half bottle of wine for fuck's sake. Like that's a lot for me, but I did it because I felt like it and I was in the moment, but I just don't even do it. Like I do it maybe once a month max. And I just think personally that you know, if, if you feel the need to be going out and getting fucked up all the time, there's something way deeper that you need to deal with. It's not just because you want to have fun. Like there's something that you're really avoiding. Yeah, totally. No, I, I completely get that. And I think, um, even, I guess just look kind of looking back and it was similar to what you were saying before that, like, even when you were partying, it's not like that's all you did. Um, I was the same, like I, barely, barely ever kind of drank during the week. I think it was more on the weekends. And I think even just like looking at myself when I was going that extra, I guess that extra level of drinking and getting like quite fucked up, especially like with relationships and in particular boyfriends and things like that. I just remember having like the most insane, intense arguments with boyfriends that I would just never, ever have with them sober. Um, And for me, that was one really big thing, which was I just don't ever want to be in a position again where I'm kind of that drunk and I'm having these stupid fights with boyfriends that it's just not me. Um, so yeah, for me, that was kind of what I could look back on my behavior and be like, okay, what do I, what do I want to change? And what does kind of drinking too much? Um, what, like what, sorry. Yeah. What does it do, what yeah, does it do exactly, to you as a person? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally yeah. relate. I can totally relate. I didn't, I don't like who I am when I'm that, fucked up as well. Like I really actually don't like who I am. I get really, um, I'm (laughs) intense. (laughs) Like I'm really, really intense and I'm really emotional as well. Like I'm already a sensitive person. And you know, when I've been drunk, my boyfriend's been drunk and if we have gotten in a fight, like it's 10,000 times worse and I'm like hysterical and like, it's just so unnecessary. And you know, just, I find it childish at this point. Like I just, I do, I want bigger and better things in my life. Um, you know, if it's a celebration, I'm happy to drink whatever, but the fact of the matter is, it's just the culture these days is so off. And I really hope it changes before I have kids because it's like, it's really detrimental and it just like ruins. Well, if you go to the extent of a lot of people, like it could ruin a, a block of your life, a period of your life. And you'll look back and be like, what have I done? Like, look what I could have built if I didn't be doing this. Like, look at my health. And also this is the Mm, other thing as well, mm -hmm. health. Like in Toronto where I am right now, there is this big problem with like, I think it's called fentanyl in the cocaine in like in Canada. Yeah. It's a lot of the cocaine is laced with fentanyl. Um, I think that's the word or I forget. Anyway, I know so many people. I come back to Toronto. I'm I'm here right now. And I speak to some friends that I knew in high school and they're like, yeah, like, you know, I know five people that have died in the past year because of um, getting fentanyl in their, mm-hmm. in the coke mm-hmm. that they did at a party. Um, like it's a really big thing. People are dropping dead. Like, and I know that's extreme, but it's the truth. Like I, you know, I know maybe like five or six people, um, no one that I was ever close with, but like, you know, friends, brothers or whatever, um, or sisters that have passed away 
because of this party culture. And, you know, there was a house party a few months ago and in Toronto I heard about and, um, you know, people just started dropping dead because it was like this, they, they put this drug in the Coke and, you know, cocaine is such a drug now that's like so common and everyone fucking does it. Like, you know, it's, it's insane. And I'm just like, holy crap. Imagine if that was you. And like, I can personally say like, yes, I've done it before, but no, I'm never going to do it again. Like it doesn't bring out, I don't know if this can become like a drug topic now, but like it really just does not bring out a good side in anyone. And it is so bad for you. It's like, it's going right to your brain. Like, think about that. Think about what it's actually doing to you. Like if a, if like a processed cheeseburger is really bad for your health, think about like, you know what I mean? Like doing a line, like that's, oh, like it literally makes me like grossed out and like so sad because it's like, this is what it's come to. You know what I mean? Yeah, completely. And I also find it quite antisocial, especially cocaine, because even though I guess in some sense, people are being social because they're kind of, I guess, doing generally doing it together. You're kind of like tending to like leave the party and go into the bathroom and things like that, which is just not the type of socializing I kind of want to be doing anymore. So yeah, I think it's just reminding yourself of like the actual dangers because you start to get desensitized and you hear about people having overdoses and you just don't think like that could ever ever happen to anyone that I know, but you forget that like, these are really dangerous things that you're putting in your body. So let's talk about relationships and friendships. Like when you stopped drinking for that chunk of time, did you lose friends? Did you have people judging you? Was it hard, um, you know, saying no? Yeah. So I think like, I'm really lucky that I've got really kind of great supportive friends. I mean, I did have some friends that were kind of like, oh, you know, come on, like, you know, just have one, like just have a few. And I don't think they really understood that for me, I really wanted to just kind of experiment with not drinking at all. So I guess sometimes some, yeah, some friends like didn't really get why I was doing it. And I also think it's quite hard sometimes to even just explain to like colleagues or strangers why you're not drinking, because it's quite, I guess it's quite personal in the sense that it's, you know, I'm doing it because I want to like improve myself and I don't want to feel anxiety. And you don't always want to go into detail like that straight away with someone you don't really know. But yeah, I was quite lucky with friends. Um, I did find that, you know, there were some people that I was friends with more so kind of on a going out basis. And I think those friendships kind of started to, I guess, kind of like wither away a little bit but I think they're probably kind of not the type of people that I really want in my life anyway um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's actually really great even some of my girlfriends would be like oh my gosh I now want to try this 28 day alcohol challenge I've lent this book to so many friends um so yeah and now they're just all kind of used to it like they I don't know they're just really yeah they're just kind of really open with it Mm, so if would you still go out to parties and stuff or would like when you weren't drinking or clubs Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest things. So I think most people think that if you stop drinking, it just means like, okay, I'm spending the next month not drinking. So I'm going to be on the sofa. I'm going to be at home. I'm not going to be going out. And I think for me, it was so important to be like, okay, I'm still going to have just as much fun. I'm still going to stay out to like three or 4am, even if it means like having a couple of espressos, Um, I'm still going to just be a social, I can still kind of say yes to those like crazy things that happen on a night out. Um, so yeah, for me, it was just so important to 
keep being social, keep living a really fun life. And I think that's actually what a lot of my friends have commented on. They're like, oh, you know, when I drink, I'm so boring and I never do anything. It's really great that you can kind of still go out and live your life. And Mm. I think when I was younger, or at least kind of in my very early 20s, I just didn't even think that that was an option that you could go out and you could still have fun. Um, And yeah, you definitely, you definitely can. And especially as well, if you, you know, you just have one wine um, or two wines, sometimes it's just really nice just enjoying a couple of drinks. And I feel like anything after those few, especially for me, because I'm so tiny and I get drunk quite quickly, I guess you end up stopping enjoying the alcohol and then you start to just get on this another level, which is just not really necessary. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I think we were in different kind of positions when we kind of stopped because I wasn't around a great group of friends that were supportive. And Um, you know, that's so amazing that you were and good for you. I I think it's because you're a little bit older that you probably have, you know, had these friendships for a while. I had just, you know, been in uni and I had just met all these new people and they were definitely not willing to give up the party culture. And they kind of felt, you know, judged by the fact that I wasn't drinking. Like I, I was really trying my hardest to not, you know, tell people my reasons because it would make them feel bad about themselves. Like when people said, Oh, why aren't you drinking? I would just be like, Oh, like I'm just like doing an experiment. Like I would just kind of disregard it. Mm. Um, whereas in real life, I, you know, I could have said, Oh, well, I actually think it's really detrimental to my future. And I right now really want to work on creating a business and I want to work on my health. I don't like how I look. I want to, you know, I want to change things and drinking is just limiting me. Um, I, I didn't kind of go into that. I was more just like, ah, oh, you know, I would just, you know, whatever. But um, I did say no to to going out to the clubs because it just wasn't really fun for me at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And it still really isn't. I'm just not a club girl. Like I love a good, like my idea of fun is having all my friends over for a dinner party and cooking for everyone okay. and like listening to really good music and hanging out to like midnight and then that's it. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wake up early. I wake up at five. Like it just kind of ruins my next day if I am up late, but Um, Yeah, so I actually lost a lot of my so-called air quote friends because they were just like, you know, that's kind of what we we held on to. Like we didn't really know each other that well Mm. other than, you know, being each other's company, going out and getting fucked up and having, you know, funny times together because you're drunk and everything seems funny when you're drunk, you know? So it just like, I, I really had, I had so much solitude when, when I was in uni, when I decided to stop because, um, you know, I didn't really have that many people around me that could relate. So that time I spent alone was just the most pivotal moment ever for my life. I, I went through so much personal growth. I started reading. I had completely changed my mentality. It was a total 180 and it's the best. It was the most transformative year I've ever had in my life actually. So, um, I guess my, my version is a bit more intense. Um, and I guess a lot of people listening might not be in that really dark place where I was, but just know if you're listening that like you are in control of your life. You're in 100%, you're 100% in control of how you feel and what you produce. So if you feel like going out and drinking and getting really fucked up sometimes is not 
great for you and you don't actually enjoy it. Like when you're out, think, am I actually having fun? Like mm-hmm. this is, or does mm-hmm. this just feel like something I should be doing? For me, it was something I, I should be doing. I, it does, it's not fun for me. But for some people, like I definitely know, like, you know, my cousin, she loves going out and like dancing all night and having fun. Like I love to dance, but I'm more of a morning person. So I dance in the mornings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I just think like, being self-aware is really important, um, you know, talking about this topic and just just thinking about your future. And I know it sounds so annoying to say, like, think about your future, but think about where you want to be. Like, if you're really unhappy within yourself and you're going out all the time and drinking all the time, like, it might, there might be a correlation there. Like, I was pretty depressed when mm. I was in those dark times. And I and I think your happiness in, is directly... Um, you know, attached to your self-love and your confidence levels and, and getting fucked up and treating your body like that is not an act of self-love. It's really the opposite. Yeah. I just think you need to, to really love yourself. You need a, sorry, you need a clear head. And I think if you're just hungover, um, it ends up, yeah, I think just being really difficult to really be self-aware with exactly how you're feeling about things. Um, But I think what might be helpful as well is like some of the little, I guess, tips that I kind of started implementing for myself when I decided I wanted to stop drinking um, could be useful to share. So I found when I kind of wasn't drinking um, at all, so I was trying that kind of like two to three months where I just wasn't having anything, um, I would still try and be social and go out. And I like one little thing was I would get so sick of just like going to the pub and just having like a vodka lime soda. I just got, sorry, not a vodka, no vodka. It was just a lime and soda. So even things as simple as like, I don't know, I would have a soda and like grapefruit or a soda and orange juice. And I know that sounds really naff and boring, um, but it just made it like a little bit more exciting than just having like the same boring drink every single time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the the biggest thing for me, like I think the biggest struggle for that I had when I stopped was just like people like commenting on it. Um, and I, what, like, what would you say to people? I, I think we kind of already went over this, but like, are there like a few phrases that you would have that you kind of just like, you know, whipped out when someone would ask you, oh, like, can I buy you a drink? Or, like, why aren't you drinking? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it actually completely varied. Like sometimes I with colleagues and things like that, I could just not be bothered going into it. So, and I think it's completely fine, like to tell a little white lie. Like if you don't want to go into it, it's not any of their business. You don't need to. So I definitely said to a couple of colleagues, like, oh, I'm actually training for a half marathon. Um, so I'm just not drinking at the moment. And then as soon as you say that, like nobody asks you any more questions. Mm. Um, although like my close friends would definitely know that I'm not running training for a half marathon. So to be honest, I, I know people should be authentic and they should feel like they can say their truth. But sometimes if it's someone that like you're not close to and you can't be bothered going into it, then I think it's absolutely fine to just be like, I'm trying to get fit and healthy. Um, I think to kind of other people that I was a bit closer to, I would just say, I'm just, yeah, experimenting with not really drinking at the moment. Um, Or I've got kind of I'm so busy with work at the moment. I just really need a clear head. And most people, when you give them that response, like are generally pretty good. And then I guess if they kind of keep pressuring you to drink, I don't know, you just kind of laugh it off really. Um, And I guess it's more on them. Like if they're really pressuring you to try and drink, it's probably because 
they feel uncomfortable drinking alone. Mm-hmm. That's that's honestly it. It's it's more okay. Remember this phrase: like what people say to you or about you is more about them than it is about you. People always speak through a filter of their own thoughts, beliefs, and self image. So it's like you know, imagine being in a really really good positive place yourself, and someone saying, "Oh, like, I'm just not going to drink," and you're like, "Okay." doesn't affect me like whatever but imagine if you were in a place of like oh like you know I secretly really feel bad about the fact that I'm drinking where I when I should be you know at home working on this project I you know I really my like my side hustle or something that I really want to accomplish and I just kind of there's deep down something I'm feeling bad about um and Mm. guilty about so I kind of want and someone is doing what I want to do oh no I'm going to put them down because that's going to make me feel better about what I'm doing and that's just a fact. Like people that are are like mad at you for not drinking, it it's all about them and their kind of weird thing they're going through. Yeah, exactly. And now what I do, which I find really helpful. So now I guess because after I did like a few months of not drinking at all, I was like, you know what? Like I'd really love to have a glass of champagne on my birthday or like if I'm with a girlfriend, have a glass of wine. Um, so what I do is I just kind of visualize like the night that I'm going out. So for example, tonight um, I've got a friend staying with me from LA and like, we'll be going out and like, she'll want to do something fun. But what I'll visualize is like, okay, we're going to go for a really nice dinner. I'll have a glass of wine with dinner. Then we'll go out probably to a bar afterwards. I'm completely fine. Like having soda water. I really want to catch up with her. So I'm more, I guess, concerned with having like really good quality time with her. We can still have fun. We can still meet people. And then tomorrow morning I want to get up. I want to feel amazing. I want to go to my yoga class. Um, And I think just kind of going into the night with just a plan of like, this is how I want to feel throughout the night. This is how I want to feel tomorrow morning just kind of means that I stick to that for the night. Whereas I feel like if you don't really have a plan in place and then you go out, you end up kind of getting carried away. Um, So yeah, that's, that's an approach that I think has worked really well for me. Mm, I absolutely love that. That's such a great approach. It's like visualizing how you see the night going, visualizing um, your responses to people asking why you're not drinking, visualizing how what time you want to go to bed, how early you want to wake up, how you want to feel tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's such a, a strong piece of advice for people that do want to still, you know, go out and have fun and not drink. Because, you know, even if you say you're going to have one drink, it is really hard sometimes giving into that social pressure of being like, oh, okay, maybe two, okay, maybe three. Oh, I'm drunk. So now I don't have any, you know, control over my decision. So I'm just going to drink, drink, drink. And then the next morning, you're even more mad at yourself because you had told yourself the day before that you weren't going to over drink. Mm. I've been there so many times. I've been there so many times. So that's a great piece of advice, Nina, is just like visualizing where you see the night going um, in your mind and really being aware. And I think everything in life, like you just need to be self-aware and aware of what what your decisions are going to be. So, you know, I think we all, we're all like making bad decisions if we're not actively thinking about what we want and thinking about our goals. So that's just a given. It's not our fault necessarily, um, you know, in the moment, but it's like there, we just didn't prepare enough, you know? So yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Even just doing like a little meditation before going out or just like actively writing down in a journal, like this is how I want tonight to look. Yeah, completely. And I think on the, I guess the other end of it is if you do go out and we were saying it before, like there's going to be times where 
we end up getting drunk again like that will happen I think it's also making sure that you know don't be too hard on yourself and I definitely um, have kind of spent years doing this which is you know if I do end up being hungover then I'm just so so hard on myself and I think that kind of doesn't do you any favors either because you just make yourself feel worse so I think it's like if you do end up going out and having you know a really big night and then you don't feel great the next time I think it's just kind of picking yourself back up and being like okay you know it's not ideal I'm gonna book a yoga class tomorrow I'm gonna go and have like a steam to feel better and I'm just gonna get back on track again I think it's better to kind of have that approach than be kind of sitting there being like, oh God, why did I do that? Like, what did I say last night? Um, because yeah, that mm-hmm. just doesn't do, do you any favors. Mm-hmm. Or just use your upset the next day as fuel, like like you did to go buy that book and like want change finally. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think, yeah, that's definitely great, great advice. So let's talk about dating because I, I obviously, you know, I have a boyfriend. Do you have a boyfriend, Nina? I don't at the moment, no. Okay. Did you, when you were doing this cleanse, because I feel like this is actually a big thing that comes up when talking about ditching booze is going on first dates because it's such a cultural thing to drink on dates. Yeah, definitely. So it is interesting because I definitely did find um, that when I kind of wasn't drinking at all, that this was definitely like one of the biggest challenges. Um, And I found this really difficult because you just, I guess you feel a little bit awkward and you also don't want to go into on a first date. Um, that's right. And um, you also don't want to go into on a first date kind of why you're not drinking and things like that. So I think like the way that I approached it was kind of first off, I would usually just suggest like going for a coffee or like going for a walk through a park or like doing something more in the daytime. Um, and I found like most guys that were actually interested in getting to know you would be like pretty down with that. And then I guess you get to know them like a little bit more um, and then potentially you can have that conversation with them and say like hey I'm not drinking at the moment um, I think I did find it more difficult like if you're going straight to meet a guy at a bar it feels a little bit awkward to kind of sit at a, at a bar and I guess not have a drink so for me it was really changing the activities um, but then again I did go to a couple of kind of dates at a pub and things like that and I mean, all the guys that um, I did go on dates with were like pretty cool about it. And it turned out one of them was also like, oh, I actually don't drink at all. Um, so we had that in common um, at the time. That's so, amazing. Yeah. That's so awesome. I think it's just choosing, choosing kind of the right activities. And do you know what? It also means that I guess you kind of authentically get to know someone on the first date when there's like no barriers of alcohol as well. Mm-hmm. That's That's exactly what I was going to say is like, it, I think it would bring out a better date. You know, it would it would really just like make room for a date where you really get to know that person and you kind of break through that awkwardness barrier by yourself without without alcohol. And uh, yeah, that that's definitely that's that's definitely great. I'm yeah. so glad to hear that none of those guys were like, oh, weird about it. Because I remember actually going on a few dates when I was trying not to drink and some yeah. people were just, like really weird about it. <laughs> Yeah, so I just think, I mean, that just, I think is just a sign that they're I, not the right guy. Not, yeah, they're not the right guy. And it's just a bit immature as well, I think. Totally immature. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, I think guys, like, not going to generalize here, but a lot of guys want the girls to drink on dates because it kind of, you know, gives it gives them more of a chance to get lucky later that night. Some guys are like that. So yeah, that's, that's my experience. True. 
yeah. yeah. Some of the guys were just like, oh, no, get drunk. Like, come back to mine. I'm like, no. <laughs> Thanks, though. <laughs> uh, amazing. Well, this has been such an incredible conversation, Nina. I feel like this is going to benefit so many of the listeners. And just like, you know, tuning into a podcast like this, just to kind of you know, open your brain a little bit about this topic. You don't need to go and go crazy and, you know, completely cut off the drinking. Um, you just maybe be more mindful next time you do go out and just have enough confidence to say, eh, I'm fine. Don't want another drink, but thanks anyways. You know what I mean? Like don't let other people dictate what you do and yeah. uh, we just test it out. Exactly. I think you've just phrased it like absolutely perfectly. Like that's, this is definitely I guess not a podcast being like you shouldn't drink like drinking and drugs are terrible they're really bad I think yeah it's as you said just seeing like what your relationship is with alcohol and if it's affecting you and if it's kind of not serving you and if there's little things you can do I guess to just change that will make you feel amazing all the time then like definitely experiment with them and try them out and I guess that's why I experimented with not drinking for a few months and then for me I was like okay I Um, feel really comfortable with that I think just having like a couple of glasses of wine every now and then is what works for me and I think that you're the person that will kind of see the changes and you'll see different things in your life kind of start to change and I mean I know we've touched on it a little bit but everything from kind of having all these opportunities for work kind of came up for me which I just don't think I would have taken um, had I been in this like I guess cycle of going out all the time and being hungover and even just my health as well. Like I'm so much healthier not ever being hungover. So you just kind of naturally, I guess, lose quite a bit of weight when you're not having all those calories from alcohol all the time as well. Um, so yeah, you just kind of start to see different benefits, which is, which mm-hmm. is cool. Mm-hmm. And just to finish it off, I, I just want to say like I, for that whole, you know, six, seven year period of mm-hmm. my life, I, I never knew what it truly felt like to be thriving. And when I was, you know, I, I never knew how, how good it, I could potentially feel. And I think that's why I stayed in that phase for so long, because I, I really was so used to the feeling of just always having a bit of a hangover, kind of feeling ugh, puffy, like, you know, not really ever wanting to work out ever since I've stopped drinking mm. a lot. I love working out now. I used to hate it. I used to be like, oh my God, this is hell because like my body physically didn't want to put more stress on it and I just didn't enjoy it. And, you know, now I'm like, I I love to train and it's crazy. I would have, you know, laughed in my face if you told me that five years ago, I'd love to train, but you know, you just kind of see life differently. And I just think, uh, you know, just investing, you know, your thoughts and your time and your decisions now to, to affect your future. Like it's just just be aware. And mm, it's mm-hmm. statistically proven as well that people that are, you know, non-drinkers and non-drug users live longer lives than people that are, you know, and that's just health science facts. Like you will live longer if you do not have this habit of, you know, going overboard every weekend. So yeah, that's another thing. And yeah. And I think like most um, kind of like girls or guys listening to this, I'm sure if you were to ask a friend, like, Hey, do you want to do this like 28 days with me or even just like a week and maybe find a buddy to kind of do it together. And that's another Mm. way that could kind of help you do it as well as just kind of having someone to do it with just at the beginning to have that extra support. Totally agreed. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Nina. Where can our listeners find you? 
Yeah, so my um, Instagram is, so my handle is Nina Isabel, I-S-A-B-E-L underscore. And honestly, like if anyone wants to DM me and just like have a conversation or just tell me how they're feeling or any tips or anything like that. I mean, I'm in no means um, perfect and it's still very much like a journey for me. Um, but there's definitely so much I've kind of learned over the past six months and I'm in such a better headspace um, than I've kind of ever been before. So I'd be so happy to kind of chat to anyone. I love that. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thanks, Mimi.